Welcome to These Fucking Teenagers, the show where we subject Gossip Girl and other teen soaps to a level of scrutiny that they definitely deserve. This not week, so longer. Not for much longer, at least for Gossip Girl. Well, yeah, not for Gossip Girl. This is the, uh, what, the, we're talking about the penultimate episode of Gossip yes. Girl. And the antepenultimate uh, episode. Right. So this itself is the penultimate TFT episode in which we discuss Gossip Girl. That's probably not true. I feel like we have actually a lot more in the tank um, uh, on, on Gossip Girl. Uh, and so, I mean, this is at least the penultimate um, episode in which we discuss a new episode of Gossip Girl for the first time. But I feel like even as we move on, uh, uh, Gossip Girl will always be with us. Um, just just as the ghost of Bart Bass will always be with Chuck. <laughs> we are all We are all Gossip Girls now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so we're, but, but here we are. And I mean, um, I mean, I know this is not a review show, but uh, th- these last two, uh, two episodes have, have been good ones. And, yeah. and I'm really, it's, it's, it's really, you know, kicking in the, uh, the afterburners uh, as, as it crosses the finish line. Um, not, you know, it's not really limping in or, um, you know, there's still a, a non-zero probability of it gossip growing itself, but something, something tells me that this is going to be a, a, a finale that is satisfying in a way that is fits with the show um and i'm i'm very excited uh and 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 very much looking forward so i mean so we can talk about that like the big bad this this uh season has been bart and we can talk about him uh i think a lot uh i think that's what we'll spend most of our time on but let's i mean let's talk about queuing things up or or just sort of teeing things up i should say for the um for the finale it was it really the one thing is is parsley sage rosemary and time telling uh nate to hey look at that research again (laughs) you know maybe you should go back through some of those old notes maybe there's a finale in there somewhere right like that was the thing that i think they're serving up as a uh that's the thing that they're serving up as a sort of fitting for the finale. So it's not really part of the the larger arc of this episode having to do with uh, Dan's next tell-all and Georgina, having to do with uh, Blair and her life as a businesswoman, having to do with the absolute uselessness of Serena for any purpose whatsoever, uh, having to do with, with Nate and the cooked books of The Spectator. Like, those things all seem to be kind of wrapped up right serena and blair are friends again blair has found a a comfortable role in her mother's business chuck and blair seem to be on the path to be together again nate uh you know what fraudulent nate and his fraudulent father have you know reformed a fraudulent alliance where they can defraud the world uh together once again right Right, right. and and chuck dies no (laughs) bart dies bart dies (laughs) 
Well, I think that what's interesting about like these these threads being wrapped up is that there is it's like everything that you just described has already been like like we could have traveled back in time to some prior iteration of this show and you would basically in a, in your summary of what had happened in the last five episodes you could have said basically all of those things right um, lava, lamp so, of, lava lamp of society baby it yeah. just like it it congeals and reforms and bubbles up again. Right, and so I think what's interesting is that the the main thing. So these things are resolved in a way that that not that they're resolved permanently, but they are kind of you know at at one moment of of pause. Right, they're at one kind of moment of stasis. You know, but. Uh, you could believe that this could go on like this forever, right? And I think that the last episode we recorded, or maybe the the one before that, um, I said that uh, you know that in a way, Gossip Girl could go on forever, uh, and and this is, is, is this. Uh, indicates that that as much as there is this resolution, uh, it could just as soon kick off again. Um, and so the, I feel which like which is actually interesting. I think that's interesting because the model. Of this, and I, we've kind of talked about this, but I just want to highlight it because it seems relevant here. Um, seems different than the Friday Night Lights model, right? Like, I actually haven't watched any more of Friday Night Lights than we've covered on the uh, on the podcast. But you told me that sort of at the very end, there's a kind of meditation, and it's underlined the idea that there are these kind of successive generations of students, and the teachers sort of stay where they are, and you sort of see this cycle repeat itself, right? Mm-hmm. And that's one model of sort of the immortality of the teenagers. That is to say, yeah. we're always supplying ourselves with more teenagers so that the state of adolescence is yeah. sort of immortal. Well, and this is like, and, and this is and different. While, while we're talking about the end of things, um, <laughs> you know, we've talked about a climactic part of, of one climactic part of the wire many times, which is that Omar dies, but what we haven't talked about as often as what actually happens at the end of the wire, right? Which is that Michael becomes, um, be, becomes Omar, right? And, and that, that there's a new generation, um, of, of Omar's uh, that uh, do you think Michael you know, becomes Omar or Michael becomes like Weebay or or Chris? No, no. I believe. I mean, you see this at the at the very end um, of of the wire is that Michael is is going out on his own. Um, I, yeah, I, I sure, sure. He, he's not affiliated. He's not affiliated. Is, is with. that he's that he's uh, is that he's Omaring like that? He is this kind of for he's playing that that function in in the social milieu. Right. Uh, before I guess it gets too hot and he moves out to uh, Beverly Hills uh, <laughs> to be part of the new cast of nine hundred two one zero leading into into Gossip Girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, but no, but so right. This is this kind of generational model, right? But um, then, so that's the generational model. And the the thing I wanted to say was that Gossip Girl is is different in that it's kind of like though we've addressed with with uh, Scarborough Fair Girl, uh, we've addressed um, the generational model recently in this in this season. It kind of seems to be that. Um, Everyone is an adolescent, and mm. and adolescence. The immortality of adolescence has to do with prolonging adolescence rather than supplying us with fresh adolescence as other people age out of the. Exactly, uh, it's it's that that um, the adolescence is part of the, if not the human condition, certainly the con- the the condition of this um of this of this cultural milieu of right? this that particular is- aristocracy. Right, um, and it's, I mean, it's I mean, a question and, of, of, yeah. of whether that is a, a condition of this particular aristocracy or of aristocracy in general. Right? Is it you know? Um, is it the case that um, you know? It's interesting, right? That like one 
early one point in which like a lot of what became the aristocracy of Europe was really forged and and really played its most central role um politically was the middle ages right the adolescence of recorded human history sure. right and so um and and so that there is a view in which that you know that that part of 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 this um the world of gospel is the long middle ages right uh-huh. um and and you see this even i mean uh that uh in this most recent episode right that there's repeated explicit references to byzantine warfare right <laughs> um about about the use of the goat um <laughs> and and uh that's that's fantastic uh in in a lot of ways uh and and but yeah so this is like the model of um of of adolescence as a condition of a way of being and and of a specific social order um rather than a a transition rather than a um something that is that is about time or about 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 chronology it's about um certain relations of power um and i think we've touched up against that at various times um on tft but not quite in that in that same way right that um we haven't quite put a finger on what uh on on this relationship between social structure and this notion of adolescence uh, as as a way of being, um, and so as, a, I, as an existential position, ad, adolescence, yeah. yeah, exactly as an existential uh, position, and that I, I think I think it accounts right, I, but I think we've been dancing around it because we've been talking, or I've been talking, I've been coming up again and again against this idea of a kind of confusion of the generations or of a sort of mixing of the generations, and if you can think of everyone in the show, whatever their character's chronological age is being sort of notionally adolescent, then it makes a lot of, a lot more sense. The like Blair's weird dream where she gets all has a like a weird rapey conversation with Bart Bass or. Or, uh, you know, Serena and Vitaman or uh, Parsley Sage, who who is still 17, everybody, like getting all aggressive with Nate, who's not that much older chronologically, but seems to be in a, you know, in a different place sort of life wise, like is a, you know, business owner making uh, uh, making what uh, waves on the stage of you know on the stage of the larger the larger society, right? Sure, or even just like the the you know just the interactions in this episode um, between Dan Humphrey and uh, and Bart Bass, or really any you know that there's so much kind of there's so much familiarity between uh, individuals across generations that doesn't really structure into the various kinds of parental relationships, right? The, the, these are much more like equals who may have differences in certain kinds of power, but they're much more. It's about power rather than about kind of anything ascribed to generation, right? That they're, they're they they largely talk to each other, um, you know, in in relatively similar ways. There's a lot less deference than you would see in a, in a situation where in something like you know um, Friday Night Lights, where you know we've talked a lot about like parental authority, right? And and parental authority and 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 also the authority of of the coach, right? And and this is a situation where. Um, there is much more of much less of that. That's that, that's much blurrier, even um, outside of kind of romantic relationships or direct parental relationships. Sure. This is a, again, it's it's all part of a lava lamp, and there aren't two separate lava lamps or you know two colors of blob. Um, you know that that it's all more or less part of of one milieu. I think it's become more and more so as uh, the show has gone on. Um, but I think that. I mean, I think that that raises a question of 
so I think my, my question is, is Bart Bass like a teenager? Is Bart Bass an adolescent? Um, and, and does he play, especially in this second incarnation of the, you know, zombie Bart, right? Um, uh, or at least, yeah, and what, and what he's become uh, in this season, um, is he an adolescent? Uh, does he fit within that kind of social milieu or is he outside of it in some way? Um, and, and I think that I, I ask that because as much as the plot lines that you mentioned are tied up and are part of this ongoing process of adolescence, right? They're tied up, but they could continue to be untied and retied um, forever. Um, does this death of Bart Bass change everything? Um, and is the impending kind of reinvestigation of Gossip Girl part of that as well, right? Are we going towards a finale in which everything is changing? And in fact, there is a loss of innocence, uh, that, that propels this social system towards adulthood, uh, or, uh, or is this, or are these just larger kind of events that, ultimately get wrapped back in and and you know how much can we say about that um now and how much you know will will really rely on the uh, finale well i think i mean i think it will rely on the finale i i mean we know that like we know that certain characters are returning in the finale right like we know that for example taylor momsen is coming back uh right and eric i mean eric is coming back i think i'm not sure how much of a uh, i'm not sure how much of of a reunion Taking place in the Congo. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, you know what? The, the, it's just about the, the legacy, the awful legacy of Belgian imperialism. Uh, well, you know, it's also that, you know, um, a lot of the uh, civil, various civil wars and conflicts uh, – um, in in Congo, Eastern Democratic Republic of the Congo, uh, were fueled by fueled by mining for uh, coltan, right? Which is uh, a, a mineral that is in a lot of uh, cell phones, in a lot of Windows cell phones, <laughs> in a lot of Windows cell phones, right? So these are definitely these are definitely conflict Windows Seven phones. <laughs> <laughs> that are fueling this, uh, and so they have to. The gang in the finale has to, uh, uh, rec- you know, really actually deal with the large scale uh, consequences of all of their texting, and that that Gossip Girl really runs on the uh, blood of 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 thousands, if not millions, of uh, Congolese citizens. So let's talk about. I mean, I think this is a great invitation to pivot to talking about Bart. Uh, because he's he's I think sort of the most the most interesting, and I think that like I mean I'm gonna at least take a position in order to get conversation started, and you know maybe we can uh, I'm not sure I'm totally right by saying this, but I'm gonna take a position that Bart is not an adolescent in the same way that the other uh, villains of the shows, uh, the other villains of the the multi episode season long arcs have been. Um, have been adolescents, right? Like I'm thinking back now to Juliet, for example, uh, when, you know, Serena got a teacher put in jail or Lily got Serena's teacher put in jail. Um, and Ben and Juliet, right? Yeah. It was Ben was the teacher's name, right? Like Juliet, this was a, a sort of revenge thing. And yeah, there was, there was jail involved, but it was, um, it was pitched as a, uh, uh, you know, as a project of like humiliation and degradation, you know, rather than 
uh, and sort of restitution, right? Like that is to say what was being gone after was Serena's reputation um, and right. her, her sort of level of comfort, you know, like and getting her sort of ostracized, right? The idea was ostracism. The idea was not these sort of larger societal sanctions that you think of as being um, – which eventually, I guess, got visited on Lily in her house arrest. Uh, right. And and it's interesting because that same strategy that was echoed again in the most recent um, plot by uh, by Chivy, right? It was like we're, I'm not going to rest until Lily is is left alone. I mean, basically, her mission statement was precisely for Lily to be exact. It was it was it was identical um, to, um, to, to Ben and Juliet's with just find, replace Serena for, uh, for Lily. <laughs> sure. um, and both were, were unsuccessful. Right. So, but that is like the, one of the con- missions of the, of the outsider is kind of disrupting by, um, like isolation, basically p- trying to like essentially excise, uh, one piece of this, um, one organ of the social body from the body. Um, and then the other kind is, is infiltrating, right? That there's kind of, there's, they're, they're both, you know, is, is, is getting in as a, as, as some kind of a, a, a toxin or a, um, a, a pathogen. Uh, and, and those are sometimes related. Um, but, you know, I, I, again, think of, um, I mean, and a lot of the the kind of pathogen model are about getting money or 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 certain resources, right? This is the entrance of of Chivy, or about Poppy Lifton, or uh, many other kinds of con people. The pathogen uh, model is is interesting to me because it seems to be that a lot of people who get in, starting with Dan, sort of stay in, right? And they develop, and the 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 body social, right, develops kind of antibodies to be able to live with these um, to be able to live with these invaders rather yeah. than rather than sort of expelling the invaders. So they're more like a virus than they are like a splinter or something that like eventually your skin like grows out. You know, it's uh, it's it's more that like Dan's in. He's part of it now. You know, uh, Chivy Chivy like is in the Hamptons house and she gets pulled back to um, she gets pulled back to the. Uh, uh, the, the scheming of of you know Blair at Alia, uh, the, right? Whether she want whether she wants to or not, and the I, the the like the thin veneer of oh Bart's going to be mad if you don't come back and scheme with us. I, you know, it doesn't really hold water plot wise. I think, but the uh, but you know she comes back because she's part of it, right? She is she is now an organism in this system, and you're sort of mired in it at that point. Right, and I was just sort of saying, it reminds me most of something like chicken pox, right? So that we, sure. you know, a few seasons ago, we had the first, uh, like, the first outbreak of Chivy. Um, <laughs> and now, like, Chivy just is floating around in the system um, and, and is there, and there's now Chivy antibodies, but the, it's still there, right? Um, and so I think that's really interesting. But then let's, let's turn this back again to, um, to Bart Bass, because it's still, I think that there's something very different very you know well, very different i mean he's a he is a person who is an outsider and is presented that way right like he's made his money and though chuck is to the manner born right bart sort of is mm. a is a self-made man and is sort of presented that way and even in his talking with dan um he he seems to talk about things like 
showing grit and showing strength of character mm-hmm. uh, being being important rather than sort of like enjoying your due as a member of the aristocracy, uh, which is the the Serena Blair Chuck Nate model um, of how to live life. Absolutely, absolutely, and and yeah, there's the scene in which um, Bart is reading. Bart uh, comes into a, a, a copy of Dan's um, like love chapter for for Serena, um, and is reading it and both like hates it, uh, and then really you know affirms that that the right move was uh, that Dan's uh, publication of the nasty Serena chapter was the right move that it's best to be feared. Right. And, and there's this very much like, yes, yes. You know, it gives him, gives him definitely like this big evil boner. Um, <laughs> um, it, you know, it's, it's just like, yeah, yeah. You show them, you show them. Uh, and, and it's really, um, Oh yeah. Make them take it. Make them take it all. It's really there is there is it's there's something kind of it's definitely like very vaguely sexual the way that he kind of lights up um, and and yet it's 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 like not in a in a happy way it's in this like very focused like kind of you know grimace this like like happy evil grimace um, and it's, sure. it's it's superbly acted uh, and and really. Um, really really quite weird um but that 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 for him is much more of a a a romantic gets his blood pumping a lot more than um than than romance right that it's about um it's about uh the 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 social intercourse essentially and and uh and it's really interesting i think it's very much about him being an outsider uh still ultimately and and really um you know wanting to be feared rather than loved uh and 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 although that that kind of machiavelli principle that is um you know the has been a principle of blair's rule quite often like there is still a lot of you know there there's this ongoing kind of conversation within the show that although there are is a lot of use of this kinds of you know realpolitik there is you know love is part of this it is as equally important to be loved and feared um at a certain point uh especially when you're kind of talking about your peers rather than than subjects but like for um for bart and at least for what dan is considering uh, in in this like arc of two episodes is it's all kind of all about uh fear and that um that love is is just another means to the end of fear um in a way and so that there is a certain amount i mean it's it's interesting in terms of thinking about it in kind of machiavellian terms and 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 as you know a a twist on the machiavellian prince right is that how do you infiltrate uh an aristocracy um, and and become part of it, and and part of this answer is that it kind of changes it in a certain way, right? And so um, it's it's very interesting. So the death of Bart Bass, although so it's it's it, I, I guess to answer my question, this sort of started this thread. It's very possible that paradoxically, the death of any other character would actually be less 
consequential for the social order, right? So that, in, in fact, like there have been more Chuck Basses and more Serenas, even more Blairs in the history of this social order, because these are kind of more defined roles that if, if this is a, ultimately grounded in the aristocracy and certain types of uh, aristocratic political orders, there will be others. So there is within this system kind of a generational um, model, but that that certain figures, and I think Bart Bass is one of these, especially these these figures that are kind of entering and then becoming assimilated, that the removal of those um, actually can be more disruptive in a way because the the kind of tissue, the social tissue built or built back around it, right? And so that, um, and you see this a little bit, I, I think this is previewed a little bit at least, although the, although the previews for like on the next episode of Gossip Girl are always extremely misleading, um, it sure seems like um, there's a like Central Park wedding between Chuck and Blair that gets busted up by the NYPD, right? That, that there is, you know, even, even though this is a, a social order apart, there isn't this encroaching role of, of the state, you know, in this episode uh, in terms of like the role of Nate's incarceration, and also you know the, this constant threat of sending Bart to prison, um, and then it seems like you know the death of of Bart Bass, uh, you know plummeting off the the top of of a building, um, is is once again kind of at least creating some kind of a rupture um, in in the fabric, and so I, I, it uh, and it's a question of how that rupture. Will be whether the you know whether the outing of Gossip Girl will be the rupture that blows out the other end and causes every like actually causes the lava lamp to explode and dribble out the ground, um, or whether that rupture will just reseal um, through and and in fact the revelation of Gossip Girl will actually restore order and and kind of close things in in in, in this way right but I think that this is definitely like a bullet hole just got shot through the the lava lamp of society um, yeah and i i mean let's think about his death for a second falling off of a tall building uh right like and it's you know he's connected to real estate that's presumably how he made his money and that's underlined by this week's party which is you know a uh what an award ceremony naming him real estate man of the year right um well- and, and, and let's also just even dive in one one step deeper of the um, like set design and visual symbolism at this party is that all throughout is the you know the icon or the kind of central photograph and image at this party is this image is kind of like shot of Bart Bass is kind of looking up right that it's it's him um, kind of. Uh, and and with a building behind him, right? And he is his kind of tallness and his architectural and like statueless. Sure, like, sure, sure. Yeah, his chiseled his chiseled cheekbones. He's definitely sort of a you know square jawed sort of uh, statue of a man, right? It's very long and rectangular, right? And so that he is a building himself, right? right. And uh, it, it has this very something about the aesthetic and and just the way he is shaped has this very kind of. Art Deco kind of artistic. It made me think of the Chrysler Building. Uh, Sure, and And, and, uh, these these iconic uh, these iconic you know structures on the New York City skyline. And and also of like a lot of the cover art on um, on at least a lot of the most common editions of um, you know Ayn Rand's famous. uh, (laughs) Sure, very kind of. 
Atlas, Atlas shrugged D, right? <laughs> um, and, 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 uh, and, and you, you feel that, right? You feel that, you know, w- what it means to something about, you know, the being a building and, and this, this, this kind of architectural, um, characteristic, but it, go, go back in. So you, you were kind of also considering real estate and considering. Well, right. Yeah. And that, that, um, so tall buildings, I mean, are, we've talked about like tall buildings as sort of anchoring a cremaster field. We've talked about tall buildings, um, you know, as the location of like certain certain events, certain kind of elevated events, like the the Empire State Building a couple seasons ago in the finale, um, and and I think for someone whose job is sort of building buildings and also destroying them through arson and and uh, the like, they represent aspiration, right? They represent striving, sort of reaching up to the sky, uh, just as you sort of describe him looking up uh, in this kind of iconic this iconic photograph it's funny like you think of it a, a giant poster uh sort of looking down at you right a, a poster on the wall but but bart is bart is sort of gazing up to the future and to sort of possibilities you know yet undiscovered so he's directly at you um i i seem to remember him kind of looking down and you oh think yeah 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 Okay, so he was uh, okay, right? So I'm I'm flying off the handle. I used to do this in college papers, also. You know, you just make up the details you need to suit your thesis. But I actually don't need that particular detail. Um, so good. The, yeah, the 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 connotation of sort of striving or of aspiration and sort of reaching high. Um, that that is of the piece of a piece with this, and and so that I think the fall from. You know, I think the fall from the building is something about the consequences of aspiration, right? Like the consequences of of trying. Uh, right. It actually makes me think of like it's like Icarus or something, right? Sure, right. Yeah, that that or right that these that this thing that you've built or that you know that your father built Icarus and Daedalus, right? Like there's a father son uh, dyad that you know has to do with sort of a big a big fall build, both building but right both sort of artificing and a big fall uh, are are in that story as well so like bart is bart is sort of paying uh paying for something that he is and you know it's funny there are qualities that are uh sort of lionized in your and my American society, that is to say, being self-made, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, being self-sufficient, being self-reliant, uh, you know, um, we built this. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) the, oh God. Right. And, and in a post Obama America, Bart Bass can't exist. So he falls off a building. Right. Right. Exactly. Chuck Bass. So Chuck Bass is the 99%. (laughs) Because, is what i'm saying no that's not what i'm that's not what i'm saying at all um i'm what i'm saying is what lady mary uh says to her um you know her fiance before uh you know she throws him over and ends up marrying matthew anyway um they uh they 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 inherit paintings yeah they uh, they they don't buy paintings they have them you know and and it's it's funny like chuck chuck doesn't buy buildings he has them but that's that's due to uh, kind of standing on bart's shoulders having already been sort of raised up by the the being born on the 50th floor of the building that is bart bass um 
And it's, you know, it's very Amer- uh, American that the, the society rests on a figure who, by dint of their actions, can't be admitted into the society. And that's, I mean, you know, that's Bart here. And I think that's kind of why he's, um, you know, that's why he's uh, excluded from this, right? Like, behind every American fortune is a great sin. And actually, um, selling you know embargoed oil from the sudan is pretty is pretty mild right like from the two episodes ago right Sorry? um we talked about this uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pretty ago. yeah it's pretty mild compared to whatever is in the vander woodson background you know what i mean whatever like triangle right. trade uh you know fortune was made by the Dutch or the, you know, the D- Dutch and sort of colonization of India and the Dutch East Indian Company. And like, uh, like there, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff. There um, is something really interesting, right? That like, I feel like, you know, what, what I sort of see in this, in this cinematography and the symbolism of Bart falling off the building also is that, you know, if Bart Bass is the, you know, scaffolding on which this building of America is built, this kind of rotten, you know, embarrassing, sordid scaffolding, you know, or chair or, or ladder or whatever that kind of, you know, um, Chuck in, in kind of allowing him to fall is kind of kicking that away. Right. And and, and I I see in the image similar to the way of the way, whether it's cutting off the ladder, the rope ladder, or various other kinds of symbolisms of, of, you know, get like ridding yourself of, of what gets you there. And then you leave, even though Bart, uh, even though Chuck's still on top of the building, I don't know. There's much more of a imagery of this kind of floating platform, right? That, um, and that, you know, that he's on this, you know, kind of, um, you know, super Mario brothers, uh, floating cloud kind of, um, <laughs> yeah, rather. Cause yeah, the, the, the support has been kicked out from underneath exactly. the, exactly. And, yeah, and, yeah. and, that there's a new base on which to build, um, and, and, you know, that, and what's, but what's interesting is that that base itself like has this original sin at the beginning, right? You know, and actually, let's let's draw a parallel here to Nate, right? Like the the support for the spectator is also sort of kicked out, right? Like Bart represented the actual nuts and bolts uh, financial obligations that That's Nate true. had, you know, and point. and with getting getting rid of him, it, it kind of recapitulates uh, at the level of in the register of like business um, and you know finance, right? What what happens identity wise? Um, what happens identity wise to Chuck? Right. Well, uh, um, unpack that just a little bit more. Oh, uh, well, when when I mean, really, what's being kicked out from under Chuck uh, is, you know, this this kind of patrimony of striving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And and I think that the. I think that the the connotations there are mostly symbolic for 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 Chuck, for for Nate, it has nuts and bolts business implications, right? right? right, Like as the, the originator of his loan has uh the originator of his loan has died and so can't you know press charges against him by the way well I, especially I because think- I, especially because it's you know what one could probably find is that while some of the grounds for these these charges 
uh, and some of the grounds for for the what is being held for are on paper and are you know in in the letter of the law and of these these contracts and loan agreements that were signed the weight of them both the will to enforce them and the kind of some of the material knowledge of the breach is not in the formal law but in the in in kind of the private knowledge between individuals right so that sure. um if it were kind of this obligation and this problem were really in the in the contract law and in in the in the contract Nate wouldn't be off the hook but because it's really kind of held in Bart Bass right it's not um you know it's it's not really in the realm yeah. of I, had a, law, I mean, I right? had a question of that. I thought fraud was a crime and not a tort. Uh, That's an interesting point. I was as I was talking that out. Um, I I think it seems a little bit that, like this is a little bit um, contrived. Um, but yeah, did, I think it, did I I don't know. I mean, it, are there any lawyers you know who had something to say about that while you were watching it? Well, uh, the, all the lawyers I know who do contract law have been doing contract law so assiduously that they have not uh, seen uh, <laughs> last two or three episodes. Um, but we'll, uh, I'll, I'll kind of, I'll, I'll get, I'll get cognac on the horn, and maybe we can get a, um, you know, a a legal uh, overview of of these these last couple things, and maybe slot that in um, for the finale or for a kind of um, sort of symposium. You know, a, a, a fest, yeah, a fest shrift. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a, a you know looking back on the on the life uh and times of gossip girl but no we'll we'll put a pin in that um for a few episodes yeah. but we should we should get back to that but i think that that is an interesting point is that it's that um bart bass is treating a criminal offense like a tort right um a delicious frosting <laughs> Um, and 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 i think that this is um it's interesting like these moves between like um tort law so the like personal or private wrongs and and criminal law or where there are like wrongs or harms against society um there's a great piece um by richard posner uh who's a kind of classic theorist in um in in like law and economics, right? So using kind of economic theory and kind of rational choice theory um, to study the law. That's on. It's I believe it's it's on um, primitive legal systems, and 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 argues that um, you know there are laws, there are legal systems um, in what he calls primitive societies, but in you know pre-modern stateless societies. Um, but that this this line is is much blurrier in in a way, and that that there is that in fact. Torts are much more relevant across the board, or things that are torts that are about personalized obligations rather than generalized obligations. Right. Um, and, and so that that kind of that framework um, and the blurring of um, you know of of torts and and crimes um, seems to fit with that, right? That and and I think that there's you know limitations of of Posner's framework, and that it assumes that there is this clean kind of modernization as one moves from a primitive society or a primitive legal system to a modern one, um, and that um, you know that that the the Gossip Girl and you know numerous other cases that I I study kind of in my in my day job studying um, you know international development um, it indicates that often these systems um, exist side by side and you know reinforce one another are part of one one like larger uh whole um and so that's um yeah so i I, but i think what we should go back into the specific you know uh what like what the specific obligations um would 
would be and, and the specific kind of offenses that Nate w- is charged uh, of and how that if that makes sense from the perspective of law. Yeah, that's um, a, I mean, again, that's a conversation for. Yeah. For another I wanna, time. I want to circle back. I think that this this discussion of law um makes me think about another thing that I was thinking about as I was, I was watching this most recent episode um, is about the role of prison. Um, sure. And and especially because, you know, we've talked a little bit about this, um, you know, the, the Bart Bass calling in the cops on Nate is something we've seen before. It's one, some of the earliest things that we've talked about on the show, and I've, I've actually written a, a bit, a little bit about on um, – on, on on overthinking it is the use uh, you know the use of the police for private purposes right so you have the the arms of the state that are that are kind of providing public goods but the reason you know when you when they call the cops they call in the favor um f- to the personal favor um and use it for their their private ends um and so i think there's an interesting question of given that there is such cynicism and like lack of respect for the kind of de jure role of the police you know why is it the case that so much of the energy um both in these last two episodes but this whole season the whole goal is to put bart bass in prison but if like bart bass is bart bass um in in the ways that he is then what does putting him in prison do right right Um, yeah prison cannot hold bart bass right that can prison hold Bart Bass? Is it, are they so naive, or is there something? Even when you don't respect um, the legitimacy of prison, is there something about kind of the the institution itself that still plays an important role? Uh, well, we've taught. I mean, so here's here's the thing. I mean, I think that it's kind of a symbolic function, right? Prison as the the restriction on liberty, the restriction on uh, especially on sort of where you can go right and it, we see it too with with lily you know that um when she's under house arrest right like the punishment it's it's seen as kind of an equivalent punishment to sort of restrict her scope geographically you know that if it, so right if you really see sort of your your role in life as a sort of um what a, a sort of being uh, being a free artist of yourself Right. And the, the sort of exercise of will, the projection of your will out into the world, uh, you know, in in these symbolic ways, then prison, I think, represents a curtailing of that uh, that power. Right. Sort of rendering impotent your ability to to uh, be a free artist of yourself. Right. Right. But I think that's very interesting because you still then – this brings us back to the case of um, Juliet and Ben, right? So where Ben from prison is um, is still orchestrating this, right? That, that the, these – you know, that as a matter of fact, um, he is still able to be a, quite a free artist of himself from prison, right? Of, 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 of setting up these, um, these various dominoes for, for this plan and, and you know, when, it, when it ends, when things kind of – well, when things get uncovered uh, about the plan, it's not because he's in prison necessarily. Or, I mean, that may, may or may not be the case, um, as I remember the details. But um, that itself isn't necessarily um, limiting. And you know, I'm I'm reminded of there's a really fascinating article 
um, that was in uh, last December's uh, issue of the American Political Science Review called uh, Governance and Prison Gangs um, that looks at um, the Mexican mafia prison gang um, in, in Los Angeles, in the, uh, in the, the penal system in, in, in L.A., um, and argues that essentially that – um, there's a there's a gang a, like a prison based gang um, in in LA that actually controls quite a large chunk of the street trade in drugs um, and does this from prison and in fact does this because it is in prison um, because that many of the other organizations um, specifically the the various um, Latino gangs in Los Angeles like because there are these likelihoods a very high likelihood of a gang member going into prison a member of any given gang going into prison that having protection in prison is very important not just in prison but that you know that uh that influences the um behavior of street gangs so that there's essentially by just um you know by by rather than um you know being cut off there's a way in which the intersection between the formal institution of prison and the various so- uh, circulation of social networks continues um, and and actually increases the power, right? So that you could imagine a situation in which Bart Bass just becomes the Mexican mafia. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this, you, you have a sense that this happened when he died, right? He was in the 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 Mexican mafia of the underworld, right? Of of Hades, the Mexican mafia of Hades. Uh, <laughs> He was he was dead, and yet, um, you know, from his like, um, you know, secret lair, uh, uh, you know, uh, atop of a, a sea of Sudanese oil, um, he he was able or from to from his perch within the world's oldest floating brothel, right? Right, 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 exactly. Um, which is powered by Sudanese oil, by by blood oil, right. uh, that uh, conflict oil, um, that he. Yeah, that that he was able to play this same role, this kind of circulation of um, of, of of power. So it's 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 interesting to to think of this. Um, but so I, I mean I don't know. It's it's it's. But I think that for Lily and I think for Bart Bass, part of and you, you mentioned this before is that you know there is a certain amount of like at least temporarily there is a shaming effect right like oh oh it's it's so right like the major thing about um you know the captain about nate's dad going to prison is that it's just so 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 embarrassing right it's on the order of like an affair being discovered uh or or various other things or like and a really know, bad zit a really bad zit that that clears up right uh yeah. and, and kind of re reossifies at a certain amount of time. So there's there's no reason to believe that Bart Bass going to prison would would change this. Um and again there's um you know in a, you know addition to the um the the prison gangs article from the the uh, APSR there's also just numerous I mean this is also season 2 of The Wire, right? Sure. Of Avon Avon kind of continuing to play a role um in, from prison and right this kind of much more permeable boundaries between the inside and the outside. Well, you only do two days. Actually, exactly. And you <laughs> days is an awesome girl as well. <laughs> um, well, before we wrap up, I wonder if we have a couple of thoughts. We've been focusing on the, the most recent, the penultimate episode, but I, I wonder if we have anything to say about the Thanksgiving episode, the anti-penultimate episode of Gossip Girl, uh, the, the Thanksgiving 
episode. And it, you know, seems like a lot of seems like a lot of comings and goings. Uh, seems like a lot of ado about not much. But I would like to highlight one moment that I thought was glorious, which was uh, stripper Blair in a like Indian princess costume. <laughs> I mean, that's what Thanksgiving is about, right? <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, what uh, what about that? Would you like to highlight other than its existence? <laughs> just that, just that, um, just the the supreme level of cultural insensitivity. You know, I mean, uh, is there any is there any relevance to this? Um, I mean, is there any relevance? That is to say, the idea that the frisian of of uh, colonialism, right? The colonialism, the the colonization of of North America, and this sort of uh, the endless stream of horrors visited on the indigenous people of North America uh, by their colonizers, right? That 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 sort of frisian and that um, uh, could be exploited for you know sexual gratification is is just really of a piece with uh, with Chuck and Blair, and I think is a sign that. They are back to uh, uh, back to something like normal. Really fascinating. I mean, when you think about it, it actually links up really nicely with what we talked about in the episode on the uh, Kickstarter triangle trade, sure. right? That that about the kind of you know this um, equation of um, you know that of 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 sexual kind of trauma or traumatic sex, right? These like sex that is is like both like important and a, a critical juncture and also pushes against some kind of a taboo and the equation excuse me the, the equation of that with various historical critical junctures and these 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 open secrets that societies are founded on right, right. And this and it and it kind of is that you know that in the same way that various types of of you know sexual role playing push against these taboos in various ways that this kind of equates those two right and that this in some ways it's the only way in, in which it makes sense um um although it is interesting because this um mode of of kind of you know appropriation of certain types of um indigenous um like uh, symbolism and, and arts and crafts and, and, and into fashion um has been going on in the last two three years right i mean just walk into um an urban outfitters uh and it and it's there and it's 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 sure. a- and i mean everything old is new again this was the case also in the the late 60s and that right it's part of like hippie culture you know to have uh these these kinds of things um yeah it's interesting um in which you know the the my code word for the uh the the look and at least this iteration of it is uh is Poco haunted because there is a um, there is a, a noise rock band, an LA based noise rock duo named Poco haunted that um, had this uh, very much this aesthetic uh, and then and and musically um, kind of created tribal chants and drones using various electronics and you know they would have these 24 um, uh, minute tracks with like you know kind of flutes bongos and light moaning um and 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 actually uh the one of the i believe one of the members of pocahontas uh, bethany costantino went on to be in best coast um which i believe is a band that also shows for microsoft uh, <laughs> um so they are also part of the kickstarter triangle trade <laughs> 
and you know uh, uh, of the, the uh, they they too traffic in conflict Windows Seven phones. Oh man. Um, and and so uh they're 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 complicit but i think that there is this you know this this uh this fusion of the the pre-modern and the ultra ultra postmodern in this almost on the one hand cynical way but on this other way in this way that is is you know constantly looking for you know, kind of thrill seeking right that it's it's right yeah it's i was th- i was thinking about thrill seeking and i was thinking about sort of uh, the kind of S and M tinged sex that you imagine Chuck and Blair having, right, as being the the appropriation into one's own sexual behavior of uh, certain elements of sexual trauma, right? Like you know the idea of being I don't know, right, like sort of taken against your will or sort of violated, right, is horrifying. But those those sort of aspects aspects of that are incorporated into the rough sex that you imagine Chuck and Blair having, and here it's. It's almost like the the appropriation of historical trauma um, as an extension of that uh, to get you know what I mean to get sort of Chuck titillated again right like because he's he's laying there sort of deflated flaccid hunched over you know on his back uh, yeah. as it were in the um, uh, in the the penthouse suite at the Empire and and you know Blair is sort of making him stand erect again like a building. You know, like a tall skyscraper, in order to go do battle, uh, do battle with his father. Yeah, and that's—I mean—and that sort of that sort of thrill-seeking that you could have seen from their like sexual rescue games earlier in the series is uh, uh, is there. Yeah, that's definitely interesting. I, I, there's one other piece of Thanksgiving um, that, at least in the world of Gossip Girl, is is uh, interesting, right? Is that, you know, in some ways, Thanksgiving is one of the archetypical, like, Gossip Girl um, third acts, right? That a, a this co- communal activity in which, you know, shit goes bad. And I, I think it's interesting because, you know, in Gossip Girl, every episode ends with a big party at which um things things come out but um i think that thanksgiving is interesting because it's a large gathering of interconnected people that all americans can relate to um not just um not just the upper east siders uh, and yet the way in which and you know and there's a lot of people associate thanksgiving with like you know lots of emotional baggage and 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 family family drama um, sure it's also, I mean, I think it's also the archetypal Gossip Girl uh, third act because it's um, because of the its connection with ulteriority, right? Like built into the to the DNA of Thanksgiving is the idea that this sort of uh, Indians and and settlers, right, as opposed to like natives and you know uh, colonizers, right? These Indians and settlers. Um, uh, this this sort of myth of harmony, right? Like, is is a band aid on the the brutal reality of imperialism of co- uh, colonizing North America, right? And this, I think, links to the the typical Gossip Girl third act, where there is a party that has a purpose, right? This is an art show for char- charity. This is a debutante ball. This is a um, uh, a dinner honoring Bart Bass, Man of the Year, or a cocktail party, or a, you know, an award ceremony, whatever it was, um, right? They have a stated social function and and yet 
that function is subverted by scheming, usually from Blair uh, or Serena or something, you know what I mean, something around there. That function is subverted by screaming and the kind of subversive aspect of, of uh, Gossip Girl, this sort of Trojan cornucopia, if you will, out of which come smallpox blankets, uh, right, or something, um, is, built in, is built into the idea, the idea of Thanksgiving. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting because the other thing that um, – there's this really great interchange I think that ties us together. Um, when uh, Serena bumps into Vitaman and uh, Parsley Sage uh, at, the, at the market um, and then invites them back, she proceeds the invitation with, oh, we, we, always, we always welcome bumpins. Right, um, and that you know that you you just bump into people um, seemingly by accident, and they they glom on, and yet there's never a bumpin in this world, right? That that every um, every bumpin is not just um, you know increasingly likely because of the close knit social uh, uh, situation, but you know that no one should believe in a bump in right that, that that like if you run into someone, there is ulteriority, and yet there is this like belief that you know on the on the surface we are this community we we are here, but there is also in the face of this uh, you know um, this whole that has these social purposes it 's really about this fusion of these private agendas that creates that's what the community actually is right so you say that there's ulteriority but in fact in some ways these events ex- like they they and the 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 scheming and the the set pieces are always already ulterior exactly exactly that they're they're that they're co- co-producing they're they're mutually constitutive right. right there would be no purpose for there to be the charity balls or um or the bart Bascala or the or thanksgiving if there were not the, if there was not this ulteriority because right. in, in fact um in some ways these things exist to give their for there to be a legitimate space for what is actually happening um right so that there you know the and so they're already always already bumped in right as well um and so um but it was it was i just loved that it was named as the as the bump in right uh, and as as a kind of uh, that as if it were like a thing i mean it actually reminded me again in this in this stretch of tft we've been going back i've been going back again and again to arrested development and it reminded me of the hop on right (laughs) yeah yeah, the blues uh, blues company stair car, stair car, and I think one of the wonderful things about um, you know both in terms of the construction and the rhythm of it, um, but also uh, and and the 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 fact that it refers to someone from out the outside getting getting in and kind of coasting and free riding and entering, um, but then also the fact that it's passed off this kind of um, you know both hop on and bump in are these kind of neologisms that are said in a way that uh, assumes that you know that they're referring to a well understood phenomenon is like a well you know agreed upon and so I just I thought that the you know it was just worth it, worth noting the kind of ontology uh, the the ontology of the bump in yeah and uh, I think that the, I mean I think that the the your insight that the sort of the in in the sort of um, the relationship of what Jacques Derrida would call difference uh, between um, 
between the stated uh, public social aims and the ulterior aims of uh, of the Gossip Girl third act is as profound a thing as we've ever said on Gossip Girl uh, as well. And, you know, Bumpins being kind of of a piece with that uh, is uh, there's a whole my God, there's a whole book of literary theory uh, in there if you want to write it. I, and I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want to write us? You can email us at tftpodcastoverthinkingit.com. You can call uh, 20 fat jog one That's 203-285-6401. Call or text that number. Uh, we're on Twitter at TFT Podcast. And I think we're both going to find a way to live tweet the last episode of Gossip Girl. At least we're going to try because it's the, you know, it's the ultimate episode of Gossip Girl. There's also a Facebook page uh, for this show if you search for these fucking teenagers on facebook you will find us i'm almost i'm 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 a little sad to to wrap this one up ryan because i know each uh uh each time we hit stop it brings us closer to the end yeah well we could just filibuster we could just keep (laughs) we could yeah we could keep talking but um i think that one of the lessons of these shows really is that there you know there is no end there is no end to the lava lamp of society there is no end to the series of uh you know, uh, Gossip Girl third act parties with both stated and ulterior motives. There is no end to the to the personal, to the sexual, and to the uh, societal trauma. There is no end to these fucking teenagers.